On this episode of the Auto Winbacks, we ask you, how many wins will it take you to start getting excited, potentially, for the playoffs? We look at the good, bad, and the ugly of Chargers versus Raiders. Are the Raiders' offensive line finally set? We have our Raiders-Rams prediction. And just how far apart are Justin Herbert and Derek Carr skill-wise? And we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Uh, Soto, still playing hurt. But uh, shaking it off, you can't even tell. You're like Derek Carr. You've got all these injuries. You're all beat up, but you're out for just one play. And then you're back in. Toughing it back up. in, ready to rock. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much I I, 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 I drugged myself up before I came on. Those little, those little, like, sticks you stick in your nose. And, you know, if you had to clean your passages a little Bath bit. salts. Yeah. If you start eating someone's chest, we know why. Yeah. Mm, face. No, didn't he eat his face? I thought it was his chest. I thought he like tried to eat through his chest to get to his heart. You hear my cat screaming? Did you drug her up too? Yeah. Her up. I I'll call every cat cats. her and every dog he. No, they're two boys. They're two boys? Uh, no, they're, yeah. they're cats. They're my, 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 my all black cat is Apollo Creed. And then the other cat is Razor Ramon. They're both girls. They're cats. Well, guys, it fighters. It's science. Uh, question of the day. Very curious what you guys think. We're putting it in the comment section. The Raiders are currently on a not one, not two, but three game win streak. You can believe it or not. Against two good teams, right? Broncos, the last two for sure. Broncos suck. Uh, Seahawks winning record. There was massive playoff implications in that game. They lost. Chargers were just on the outside looking in of the AFC playoffs. They now fell to six and six. So these are these are two. Above average teams, pretty good teams yeah. of the three that the Raiders beat. So with that being said, now sitting at five and seven in uh week 14, we in week 14, 13, 13, week 13. No, no, no. Thir- week 14. We just did week 13. Yes. And now we're in week 14. Ah, yes. Kind of hurts a little bit. Only four more weeks of the regular season. How long does the Raiders win streak have to be before you think Playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs, right? That's a, I think that's a fair question. Um, I think that, like the metric for the Raiders' chances of making playoffs, like they do the math. I don't, you know, what how whatever you want to take it for. It's like five and a half percent chance of making the playoffs, right? Um, safe to say, if the Raiders win out, win the next, uh, you know, next five. next five and go ten and seven, we're in. Very very safe to say so. Yeah. Um, nine and eight, ugh, not looking. Nine and eight, iffy. I mean, look, with if the Jets flounder, the Chargers flounder, a nine and eight might sneak in. AFC's not anywhere near as good as we thought it would be to start the year. Um, so, and it's not saying, all right, guaranteed we're going to get in the playoffs at this number, but what's the win streak got to be? We're at three, and you can say right now, right? I'm not going to. I wonder. I wonder when you are going to do so, though, because you're Mister Negativity. I'm Mister Optimistic. You're Mister Pessimistic. I so wouldn't I, call myself pessimistic, but but even I, I, I do own a calculator and I can look and say, like, yeah, I'm not gonna really think, I'm not gonna start, you know, 
planning my January schedule around making sure that I'm free on the weekends to watch the Raiders in the playoffs. But how long do the Raiders win streak have to be before you think playoffs, Soto? What's that magic number? So it would have to be, I guess, five games because I'm thinking they get back to 500. They claw back to 500. Then I'm like, all right, now this is a distinct, realistic possibility. We got to 500. Uh, I'm, I'm with you as well. I think it's the five game win streak because, but not just the number, not just the record, but if we get to seven and seven, that means we beat the Patriots, which I think matters, right? Uh, we'll get to the Rams here shortly, um, on Thursday night football, but they're just decimated Raiders are six point favorites. So, you know, beating them is like, all right, we made it. We're we're ready. Rams are so bad. They picked up Baker Mayfield today or I mean, yeah, when Tuesday. we're recording, but we're recording yesterday. on Tuesday, day early today because it's Thursday night football. So I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna say five game win streak, seven and seven, and then I'll start getting tingly down to my plums because that means we had beaten Josh McDaniels has beaten Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniels offense versus Bill Belichick's defense. Um Belichick, like you know, Belichick is like, there's no fucking way I'm letting Josh McDaniels beat me. Right. You know, he's like, he gets this, you know, throwing up his ass. He gets a little wild hair and he starts thinking that because Josh McDaniels did beat Bill Belichick when he was with the Broncos, was the Broncos. Yeah. The first season. Right. Yeah. You know how Belichick is. He's not going to let that go. Right. So, uh, so that, that's it for me. Yes. Because we got to 500, but mostly because, because let's say they were switched. Let's say this Thursday we play the Pats and the next week we play the Rams. Then I would say four game win streak. I would say, All right, we beat the Pats. Even at uh, six and seven, I'm like, I'm thinking playoffs, right? I'm not, you know, not betting the house. I'm not guaranteeing it, but like, I'm going to allow myself to get excited for a team that was two and seven at one point. Yeah, man. And then got to five and seven and does that. So it's like, yeah, give me, give me the Pats win. Give me the seven and seven, five game win streak. And I'll start getting juicy in the plums. And also, um, we don't know. Again, we'll get to the breakdown of the Rams here in a little bit, but. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro back. Should no, be. Not, and not like should be. And not just like, all right, in and out of the lineup. How healthy are they? It's four fucking weeks off in IR to heal up. Like, yeah. They should be pretty damn who knows with Waller, but they should be pretty damn close to a hundred percent at that point. Wouldn't it be crazy if like against uh against Belichick, freaking um we came out in like five wide, just freaking flinging the ball, like something totally different. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, and that, and that's, um, and also it's like, I, we're thinking just win streak and that's the question, but it's also kind of, how do we get there? Like if, if we just, if we put up like 35 on Belichick, Belichick, the defense is still good in new England. Right? Like if we put up, yeah, like you know, nobody puts up 35 against Belichick's defense. Dude, dude. If we do something like that, right? Like, you know, if we win, you know, 13-10, like their offense blows, but their defense is still strong. If we kind of eke it out, like, okay, good, right? Like, we, you know, we beat the Pats. That's a big win. That's important. Beat Belichick. But if we were able to put up, like, big points against Belichick, that would really signal that, okay, like this offense has found its stroke while they're Renfro back. O-line kind of finally figured out. Jacobs is always going to give defensive coordinators nightmares. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting excited. Yeah, man, that, that's a big game because that's gonna be not. It's gonna be a combination of familiarity and good a good defense. Because I mean, the Broncos they don't know they don't know us 
because it's a different offense, right? It's, mm -hmm. they, 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 normally a division foe will be able to kind of like – it's the, the games are tighter because they know you better. They play you more often. But in this case, um, I mean, you can't be much closer than Belichick and McDaniels has been the last, you know, what, 15 or so years. Do you so think he, Belichick knows McDaniels better than McDaniels knows Belichick or vice yes, versa? Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. Because Belichick is he changes every week. He can change the shit on a fucking dime. He can put something new in there and it's gonna be something completely different. McDaniel still has tendencies, right? <clears throat> yes. Even though, even though Everyone has tendencies, but it's how you break them. Yeah. Uh, how how you bait how you bait the defense into thinking you're gonna do something. So that's the question of the day. We'll put it pinned in the comment section. Let us know how long does the Raiders win streak have to be before you think playoffs? You can say right now. You can say three game win streak, and you're thinking it right now. I'm not. Soto's not. I wouldn't blame you if he did. Easy to get, easy to get excited. Well, the reason we're on this three-game win streak is because the Raiders stomped on the throats of the playoff hopes of the Los Angeles Chargers. Again. Again. Beat them 27 to 20. So, of course, we're going to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I can really get used to these good, bad, and uglies where the good is going to take us 20 minutes. Bad and ugly is going to take us like 45 seconds. 45 seconds. I yeah. can get used to this. <clears throat> now that happens when you win. Normally, you do a lot, of, lot more good than you do bad. Yep. All right. We're going to start with the good like we always do. To lead off the good, of course, Josh Jacobs, another day, 26 carries, 144 yards and a touchdown. Great work. A slow day for Josh Jacobs. Uh, he didn't hit 200 yards. Pff, beefy. Oh. He needs to be able to make he's to make sure he gets up there to over 200. No, great job. He's still leading the NFL in, in rushing yards. Um, still has a great uh yards per carry, still dragging people for four or five yards. So mm -hmm. great work for Josh Jacobs, man. It was a it was a semi-unique game for him in the sense that this was the rare game. He didn't have any tackles for loss, not a single one. Um, but he did get stopped the line of scrimmage more times than normal. But he made up for that, obviously, with a 5.5 average and a you know a couple like pretty big. You know, he didn't have an 86 yard or a 30 yard. His longest was a 20 yard, but he like got multiple like eight, 10, 12 yard mm -hmm. runs eight, to nine, make 10, up. Yeah. The, which like you know normally Josh Jacobs like again we starting <clears throat> to do crazy things, but normally it's like all right, you're guaranteed four yards out of Josh. You're not going to get negative one. You're not going to get zero. You're not going to get 30, but you'll you you're guaranteed like five, six yards, whatever that number may be, that sweet number is for Josh. This this time he was like, all right, I'm gonna get stopped a little early this time, but I'm also gonna get some big ones. I'm gonna get first downs on first down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. He was definitely carrying it. And and also um on that touchdown run, that kid that would have been for 99. And it was the yep. same, the same exact play that he had against the, the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of these days the defenses will get catch up to it. Hopefully. All right, moving along. Devontae Adams, eight receptions, 177 yards. Not one, but two touchdowns, deep passes, high-fiving the crowd on the way by. Great job, Devontae Adams, showing us again that he is that dude. He uh, Did he not get a, a reception in the whole first quarter? Or was it just really late in that first quarter? He got a little just kind of like almost a screen pass, and he still turned that into 10 yards. They got like a line of the scrimmage catch. Yeah, yeah, we did not do well the third quarter. I don't, I don't remember what it was. But it was, it was either, yeah, it was either like very late first quarter or second quarter when we cut his first pass. Um, and I don't put that on Carr or Devonte. That was a great McDaniel's adjustment. It's like, okay, they're they're still keying on Devonte. 
right? They're still keen on him. So, all right, we're going to run Josh, you know, and Josh, didn't, you know, we'll get to the, the ugly, but if Josh didn't fumble, right, that would have, you know, maybe the thing would have started early, whatever. Um, but it was a good adjustment. They're like, okay, but they're going to focus on Josh in the first quarter. Switch it up. Let's start mm-hmm. going deep to Devonte. Great, great adjustment by, uh, by McDaniels. Yes, sir. Uh, and next on the list, your hero, your guy, your man, Mr. Jimmy Blue Eyes himself, Guy Lyon. Our hero, our man, our QB1. Derek motherfucking Carr. I am very impressed by this. 8.3 yard average per attempt. That is anything over eight is, is good. Uh, around seven, seven and a half is average. Anything over eight is good. When you start getting into the nine range, that's like the Mahomes category. But yeah, 8.3 yards average, two deep touchdown passes. Uh, something that we haven't seen in, you know, a few games. He had that one well, with that one to, uh, to Foster Moreau was like 20 something yards or 30 yards or something like that. It wasn't, but yeah, he had a cup that the flea flicker it was and a the 32 other 32 yarder. Foster yeah, was a 32 yarder. good one. The, the flea flicker and the other, um, the other, uh, deep pass, um, great passes. Um, just Devonta Adams is a, is a quarterback's best friend. The way he late he has late hands catching these these deep balls, the the um, the DB has no clue the ball's going to get there, and yeah. sometimes the the ball goes right over the shoulder of the DB because he's just you know Devontae's just running at the very last second he'll just just do that, mm-hmm. and the ball's there. So um, yeah, I really like that from Derek Carr uh, during the game. Slow start, pre- pretty slow first quarter, but picked it up at the, uh, the rest of the game. The 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 dink and dunk. Check down Derek. Can we say that's officially dead now? Like that's that's not him anymore. No, and, not with Devontae Adams. No, and, he, and not and not only not that, but he's keeping his interceptions way below his average at this point in the season. Oh, so yeah. So it's so like remember at the, you know before we were like okay Derek Carr you air it out. There's going to be two intercept. You know he's going to get 350 yards, but he's going to throw two three picks, or he's mm. going to dink and dunk, throw 180 yards, and get no picks. Like pick your poison, right? Pick one or the other. I think we. Him and McDaniels and Devontae in this offense kind of found the sweet spot, right? Like mm-hmm. real low in interceptions by Derek Carr standards. Uh, average pass distance is getting higher up there. It's like, okay, there we go. We're not picking our poison anymore. We're just being a you know good passing attack. Like, all right, happy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on pace to hit right around that 30 touchdown mark. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's going to have, well, he's on pace for a two to one, better than two to one touchdown the turnover interception ratio uh so that's all good stuff so even we, we might be talking about mcdaniels and you know he doesn't know how to do this he's not that way i mean their cars having probably one of his better seasons uh touchdown into inter- to turnover wise mm-hmm. under josh mcdaniels in his first year it, uh Devontae adams does have something to, to do with that but still uh it's the offense that you're you're running in, and he doesn't really know it that well anyway uh so it's just should it should just keep getting better uh, speaking of Josh McDaniels, his play calling this last game looked pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. No head scratching calls, no weird things. Things were working. Um, it's a pretty talented defense. They got a lot, a lot of talent, a lot of players on that team. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I was very impressed by just the flow of the game. Yeah, the adjustments that he made, like I said, he went, you know, we're going to go with Josh Jacobs heavy, as you should. Oh, they're keen on Josh. Let's go to Devontae. 
Um, he put faith in the, you'll get to it here in a minute, but like he put faith in the O-line at a time when you could, which was you know, kind of opposite of earlier in the season. Like he put faith in O-line that wasn't ready for faith, like five-step drops and the guy's just going to block at the time. Now it's like, okay, now we can start. He, I think he knows what he has now, where the first you know quarter of the season, first half of the season, you know, he didn't really know what he had or how to play to the strengths of his guys. He's starting to figure it out. Or maybe maybe he's completely figured it out at this point offensively. Well, yeah. I mean, the O-line seems to be pretty pretty solidified right now. And that's the next good uh, pass blocking for the O-line. Zero sacks allowed, zero tackles for loss, and only allowed two quarterback hits. So when you can keep uh, – I mean, uh, did you hear Khalil Mack's name during the game? I didn't. I don't remember hearing it. Colton Miller single-handedly kept Khalil Mack quiet. Remember when we were talking about, oh, you know, Colton's kind of fell off a little bit, blah, blah, blah. Like, I know Khalil's not what he was when he was with Oakland, but you kept Khalil Mack quiet. A lot easier when you only have one of them to put to put up with, right? right. As opposed to two of them. How about this? No penalties for the O-line either. Zero penalties. I was shocked that Illumino didn't get a penalty. Shocked. Right. All right. That's the offensive side. Let's go to the defensive side. Nate Hobbs, welcome back, sir. Oh, God bless you. He had eight solo tackles. All his tackles were solo tackles and a fumble recovery in his return. Nate Hobbs, have yourself a day. Welcome back, sir. Is he clearly the second best player on the defense? Hands down. Uh, Harriman might make a case. Rock might I, make no, a yeah, case. No, yeah, I would. Th- I would think it's. I would think it's Hobbs when he's healthy. It's Hobbs. Yeah, I. 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 Th- I think I agree. He flashes I, on the screen. Like you see him yeah. flash on the screen. When he, when he makes these tackles, he's flying in there and mm. he he stands out. Yeah. Welcome back, baby. Speaking of welcome back, welcome back from your self-imposed hiatus. I don't know where you were, but Chandler welcome Jones. Welcome from wherever you've not been. <laughs> Chandler Jones, six tackles, five solo, three sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass defense. And including those three sacks, he had five quarterback hits. So Chandler Jones, goddamn it, welcome! You earned your silver and black t- on that day. You, uh, you know, you leave. You know, Chandler Jones still completely disappointing, still complete waste of money, just a terrible signing. However, if you shift your entire offensive blocking scheme towards Max Crosby, and you leave a fifth-round rookie isolated against Chandler Jones, in those situations, he'll still make you pay. And that's exactly what happened. Just a, just a complete game out of Chandler. And if, if if all this does moving forward is have people say, okay, we have to sort of kind of maybe a little bit respect Chandler Jones moving forward, and that sort of frees up Max Crosby a little bit, then great. That's that's what we're asking out of Chandler right now. Just take a little bit of, a little bit of the weight off of Max Crosby's shoulders, please. Okay, so in my younger days, I used to hang out with this guy named Tony. He was like a friend of a friend, right? He'd give you candy and you'd go in his van? No, no, no. He was our age. Okay. And uh, and I still did it. No, I'm just kidding. So we used to go out to clubs and bars and stuff, right? So we used to call him Tasmanian Tony because he was kind of like the scavenger, right? If he was willingly falling on grenades, you know what I'm saying? Like if some of you who don't know what falling on a grenade is, is when there's a group of girls and there's like one, like one is like not like the others. Mm-hmm. There's like three hot chicks and one is like, eh, maybe not what society would deem to be attractive. 
and there's Unfairly four of you. So. There's four of them and four of you, right? You're like, fuck, well, one of us has got the short end of the stick. Tony would be that dude. Tasmanian Tony. He would jump on that grenade like, no problem. I got it, dog. Don't worry. Call him and the butcher because he'll jump on the heifer. Yeah, man. And <laughs> even now, I mean, even when it was just like one by themselves, he would go up and, and, and snag that girl. So okay. that's, that's Chandler Jones. When he sees that fat girl at the bar, like, he's going to get his. And that was the fifth-round rookie tackle. Some guys like a challenge. Not Tasmanian Tony and not Chandler Jones. Tasmanian Tony, he liked them layups. He liked them putbacks. That's yeah. what he liked, those tip-ins. Easy, easy ones. Uh, Isaiah Polamau. He was one of my guys to, to keep an eye on. I, was, I saw him play at USC, and I thought he was a pretty decent player. He had some pretty decent stats uh, in college, and they didn't have a good defense. So for him to have those kind of stats, uh, he kind of kind of showed out a little bit in, in the secondary there. Comes here, you know, practice squad guy. Once Abrams was released, he was the guy that was called up in the secondary. And he had himself a nice little game. Mm. Five tackles, all solo. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. Um, he's a taller, a taller safety. Uh, he's filling in a little bit, but um, he's athletic as fuck. He's smart, and he's tough. This was, uh, and it's not on the good, but I like to just kind of throw it in there as a Ooh, you know, honorable as, mention. As Tasmanian like Tony likes to do it right? as well. I like to just spit on it and throw it in there real quick. Uh, this was Patrick Graham's best performance, in my opinion. This is his best defensive play call. I know, again, it's it's the Chargers and their atrocious O-line, and a lot of individual players played really well. So it's easy to start like you know throwing roses at everybody on the defense. But the blitz scheme that Patrick Gam came up with in the first half was great. He made giant adjustments in the second half, which was great. Kept that, you know, a very inexperienced and injury-ridden O-line. No clue what to do, right? That's what you want to do, right? Take take absolute full advantage of their weakest spot. And Palomao is the best recipient of that. He basically, basically, he just had him blitz. Like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to blitz. You're an undrafted rookie, safety, very little playing time. Probably shitting your pants out there, right? A little nervous, like, oh, am I ready for this? Can I do it? It's like, hey, we're just going to have you do the thing you know how to do. Blitz. And he and he was a big part of those great blitz packages. And he got in there, right? Like, he was, it was, like, that's, that makes me think Patrick Graham sees something in him where he's giving him an opportunity to just do what he needs to do, right? Like, the cupboards are pretty bare in our backfield, right? DBs ain't great. So it's like, all right, the there's a chance for you to contribute. Here's a chance for you to get comfortable out there. Here's a chance for you to do what you know how to do. Like we're not doing anything crazy. Just, just do it. It's like when a, an MMA fighter has their very first fight and he's a wrestler. It's like, look, just go in there and shoot a double leg, take him down, ground and pound him. Right? Let's not work on our boxing. Let's not try to get crazy jujitsu. Let's not try to go the distance. Let's just do what you know how to do and gain some confidence and feel comfortable in there. Stuff him in the cage and just pound the shit out of him. Just, just stuff him down there. and Just do what you've been doing since you were five. Don't do anything too crazy. We'll keep working on it. And the next game, the next game, the next game, we're going to ask you to do more. But for now, just do what you're comfortable with. Yeah, don't pull a Matt Hughes. Let's try to freaking stand up with George St. Pierre again. Right. Knocked out. Um, all right, moving along. Old Man River over here. Freaking Deron Harmon. Six tackles, four solo, one fumble, one fumble caused. Really standing influence in the back end of that defense. He's... Um, He's gained, he's gained the 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 trust and the respect of of the defense where he's one of the leaders in the defense. I would call him one of the leaders on the defense now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, an OG, right? Like, uh, you need that with such a young defense, right? Undra- like, undrafted free rookies are like a big part of the defensive scheme, right? Like, you're like, okay, we need some guys who know what they're doing back there. And even the guys are supposed to count on, you know, Nate Hobbs, Trevon Merrick, they're still second-year guys, right? So it's, thank God Harmon's back there. For sure. All right. Rounding out the good. And I, I when I saw this, that I almost fell out of my chair. And it wasn't a medicine. Our red zone defense, we allowed zero touchdowns on three trips of the Chargers into the red zone. Two field goals and one uh, fourth down stop. That was, uh, thank God for Brandon Staley. He's like, oh, yeah, fourth and two. Let's go for it in the red zone. It's like, Beautiful. Thank God Brandon Staley's there. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, that's been what was it through the first 14 weeks opposing offenses were batting a thousand for touchdowns in the red zone? Yeah. Yeah. For like so la- la- last week and this week. Last week was the first time we, they, week they the first went time. in. Yeah. 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 So it's uh beautiful. back back to back games, not not letting them bat a thousand in the red zone. Look, there man, I'm not trying to get too far ahead, but just like the offensive line is starting to look better, the defense is starting to look a little better. Situationally, we're starting to look a little better. Uh, you're seeing guys like if you look at the stat sheet, there's not like you know two or three guys. It's not like uh, uh, um, Divine Diablo and Denzel Perriman each have like 15 tackles, and then everyone else has like one or two. It's like there's the top, which is eight. Seven six five 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 four 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 four. It's like, yeah, a bunch of the guys have a bunch of tackles, which is good. Stat fillers. <clears throat> so and this is a nice part of the season where we're going to keep facing bad offenses, bad offensive lines, injured offensive lines. Right, last week, this week, and um, the Rams as well. Like even the more devastated O line and offense. Right, we're going like to get third string quarterback and like four O linemen on IR. Right. Four alignment on IR. Van Jefferson is the number one receiver. You know, no kind no of stuff, cup, right? no no Allen Robinson. So it's one of those things where it's like, all right, this is a chance for you guys to get comfortable on the D line and do some cool things, but then use that to get better, right? Like remember, like recognize who you're playing, take advantage of it, gain some confidence, and then when we start playing, you know, Patriots, fucking Niners coming up in the second to last week. Like, okay, you guys got your confidence. Now know you're going up a notch, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were you were playing JV. Now it's varsity. Just yep. keep that in mind. For sure. All right. That was the good. You can't have good without bad, or else it would be nothing. So there is some bad. Turnovers. We had two turnovers in this game. We had a fumble and an interception. Was it the uh, first two drives or two of the three? Was it the first I two think, drives or two of the three? I don't know. I think it was two of the first three drives, I believe. Three. Okay. Um, but yeah. Fumble interception, not a good start in the first quarter. Uh, to our credit, we only gave up 10 points on those two turnovers. Uh, so, yeah, great work uh, by the defense, but offensively, yeah, those turnovers, we got to cut that out. Um, and I'm so willing to forgive Josh Jacobs' fumbles because he never does. Like, it's so rare for him to fumble, right? It's like, okay, like, it's going to happen. You know, every few hundred passes, Jerry Rice is going to drop one. It's just going to happen. Every few hundred carries, Josh Jacobs is going to drop one. Yeah, it's been a long time since he's dropped one. Yeah. I mean, he kind of dropped one last week and they didn't call it, but they called him 
But you know, we'll talk about that. Forward later. progress was stopped, Soto. I'll I'm not trying to say he was. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, he he did get the ball knocked out last week as well, but it didn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, bad. Our third down offense, not great. Three of ten. Got to clean that up against some of these better teams that make you inch the ball down the field, like against teams like the Patriots, even the freaking Rams defense. Like we played pretty some talented defense coming up at the Rams. Got the Patriots. And then uh, we have uh, the, the, are the Niners. I thought the Steelers were first. Yeah, Steelers, then Niners, then Chiefs. Close of the season. Yeah, so we, I mean, we got some 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 tough defenses coming up. So we got to be better on third down because these defenses are not going to let you throw the ball over the top like the Chargers did. Um, they're going to make you inch the ball down the field. So um, being better on third on third down is going to be important for for us offensively. All righty. I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. Well, I was also going to say, like, um, it's not like those were like three and 25, third and 25, too, right? It was like, yeah, we had very low, low, uh, you know, it wasn't, yeah, like low, low penalties. Um, it was partly because Josh Jacobs was a little bit more feast or famine, right? Because he had a couple just like line of scrimmage stops, but a couple other like bigger, like 10, 10 yard runs, right? So it was like, you know, third and eight, three, third and 10 type of things, which, you know, third and long ish, but not third and a mile so it was gotta work on that yeah gotta get better also you have to get better i don't know what it is about the chargers and fourth down they were three for five on fourth down we can't have that those are those are drive enders right there so we got to make sure we clean up that fourth down that fourth and 18 that could have ended the games getting flashbacks to last season in the final game of the season there were people we had actual Raider fans, and I get it. Like, I want to hate Justin Herbert as much as the next Raider fan. But there are people like, oh, yeah, Mr. Dink and Dunk, Mr. Checkdown Herbert. You're like, dude, how could you watch last year's game of Justin Herbert, last game of the season, when he converted like 37 fourth and longs and call him Checkdown Herbert? <laughs> it's just not true, it's man. Not it's true. just not true. Yeah, it's just not true. He 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 throws the ball. As, I mean, if he needs to, he'll throw the ball fourth and 20, no problem. All right, we had the good, we had the bad, and here's the ugly. That missed pass interference on Derek Carr's interception, okay. that was pretty damn ugly. I mean, Mac Holland's head was 90 degrees. Like, the DB was pushing Mac Holland's head down into the floor before the ball was even there. Come on. like, And, and they threw the flag, conferred, and then picked it up. Yeah. Like one of them yeah. had to say, like one of those refs had to say to the other ref, no, you fucked up. Pick it up. Like, hey, buddy, who we're it's going the to the bar with. I'm going to embarrass you in front of everybody and say, you got it wrong. I'm picking that flag up. And they did. And they did. Ugly, 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 ugly. That's the good, the bad. And one little itty bitty ugly. Uh, so Raiders news real quick. Um, in a head scratcher. Raiders versus Patriots was supposed to be primetime. Week 15, Sunday Night Football, Allegiant Stadium. It got flexed. And at first I was like, okay, losing record, losing record. Like the story, you know why they did that, right? Storyline of, um, you know, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick. Okay, yeah. yeah, Like, remember like the Raiders were hyped to be this, you know, supposed to be, you know, nine and four right now, right? Or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it pan out that way. So, okay. Okay. I get it. You flexed them out. What are, what are you putting there instead? Eagles game, putting there like, you know, a Chiefs game, something like that. 
They're putting the fucking Commanders versus Giants into Sunday Night Football? You're putting the Commanders into Sunday Night Football over McDaniels versus Belichick? Yeah, I mean, look, the the NFC East, like the, as of right now, all four teams would get into the playoffs in the NFC East. So it is a big game playoff implication-wise. Um, let's say if, if if the the game with the um, Patriots was one week out and we are continue to win, that would be heavy playoff implications for both of these teams, yeah. us and the Patriots. So maybe that would have stayed. But I understand as far as that goes, the playoff implications for the Commanders and the Giants. But, dude, I, I still think uh, McDaniels and Belichick is a bigger story. Part of me thinks that's an advantage for the Raiders because the Pats coming in to Vegas, maybe they party a little bit. Now they have more, they have less time to fight their hangover. It's an afternoon game instead of a night game. You know, when it's the primetime game, like, all right, you sleep in, get your electrolytes down, drink some water, maybe get a little IV, let the town all do its work. Now it's like, okay, now you get a little less time to work on your hangover. Maybe, maybe you'll be, maybe it's advantage Las Vegas. I like to think so. Let's hope so. Uh, another little move, small move. Uh, Kendall Vickers, defensive tackle, was released. Kyle Pecco came in. He's from the practice squad. Uh, Vickers missed three games with back injury. Well, Kyle, he has three tackles in three games. So not a drastic move, but it does kind of show you the best ability is availability. And Vickers wasn't so good where they're like, all right, we're going to use an IR spot on you. Or just like, all right, we'll just kick rocks. We'll move on. Yeah. Take care. Call me here. Especially with how well the defensive tackles are playing in the last two games, it's kind of like, you know, why are we like let's let's not change it up too much by trying to drag someone back. Well, yeah, I mean, against the Seahawks at the weekend, we gave up like two point six yards a carry, and then this last game against the Chargers was like three point three. It's pretty good. So that's the defensive lineman side. Um, here's the big question: Have we found? our five offensive linemen for this year. Because it seems like every single game, it's been a different combination of O-linemen. Or not every year, every single game. It's been a different combination of offensive linemen for the Raiders. The only constant has been Colton Miller at left tackle. Andre James semi-quickly solidified himself as the starting center. But it's been a mess elsewhere. And the results early on were terrible. In back-to-back games, though, it's been the same combination. Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, from left to right. Colton Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Alex Bars, Jermaine Illuminar. And especially after this last game, no sacks, no negative runs, no penalties against the Chargers. The depleted, mm-hmm. char- you know, depleted Chargers on the defensive side, I get it, but still. Have we found our starting offensive linemen for the rest of the season, Soto? I think so. Barring injury, yeah, I think I think yeah. these are the guys that are, we're going to roll forward with. Um, now, I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're like the best five that we have, but they're the ones that are the five that work the best together. Mm-hmm. And that's the big question, right? Like at the beginning of the season, we were assuming, and maybe that was still the game plan, even if it didn't work out that great to start. That Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are going, okay, we'll go cheap on O line and go young and consistency. Let's build cohesion. Let's have him be younger so there's a you know smaller chance of injury. Let's go that route. Let's just have guys that work well together, maybe individually, you know, 
other offenses aren't going to want to poach them, right? They're not going to demand a ton of money because they're not crazy all-stars. But they work well together. They figured each other out. And as a unit, they work. And if they're young enough, they're probably not going to get injured a lot. That, that is what I thought and still think their theory was. It didn't work out early. It took a long time for them to finally start to get it. But it seems like they're starting to understand each other. Those little things like you are an offensive lineman, right? You look over to your left at your guard and you kind of like, you know, make eye contact. You know what that means. Everyone knows their responsibilities. You know, if you're, you know, you're supposed to stand a block and then chip, you know how long to do it, right? Like Illuminor knows. That's right. a big one. That's a big one. Like when yeah. you double, when you double a player, just knowing just a little nudge. The little nudge that like the inside guy gives that the floater, the guy that's gonna scrape up to the linebacker, that little sometimes they give you a little pop on the on the hip, like, hey, all right, I got him. Like, mm. go. And, and and it just takes time. You know, they're not they're not perfect, but maybe they're perfect together. I remember the line from a, a <laughs> Apollo 13 where Tom Hanks is like, You wanna you wanna take us apart nine days before the launch? We can predict each other's movements, we can read the tone of each other's voices, like shit like that. Like that's what I think of a perfect old line where you're like, yeah, like you're both like blocking defensive tackle and you can just feel like this guy's got it, right? You don't even mm -hmm. need the nudge. You're just like, got it, moving on. Or, you know, like, you know how he plays against a certain, you know, a certain lineup, right? When he's in a certain gap, you're like, okay, he's going to go here. He's going to do that. Like, I know what my responsibilities are. You know, it's not just like five best dudes blocking the guys in front of him, right? It's, it's let's make sure we're all working together as a cohesive unit. And also, are you listening, you know, and you've got one of the best pre-snap quarterbacks in football as well. And Derek Carr, are, are you listening Point to him as well? Out, yeah. Are you guys also one cohesive unit? It's really six, right? It's really honestly six, right? The five offensive linemen and the quarterback that really have to be thinking the same way. And um, you have to credit. I think also part of it is Carr getting the offense down more and more and more every game, right? I think that's, you can't completely take the blame off of him for the poor offensive line play. It's a part of it for sure. It all, comes, it all, it all goes in the pot. You know, it's all, you know, it's, it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all orchestrated together. So, uh, something, a flip switched a few weeks ago with this offensive line. And again, we'll know or more. switch flipped one of the two, whatever. Either one. Uh, we'll know more when we play a good defensive front, you know, like the yeah. one we're going to play here against yeah. the Rams. Um, well, not, not this one, not anymore. They're, they're beat up. Um, but definitely against the Niners and more so against the Pats. Oh, that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see more, but uh, I'm with you, man. Like I, this combination won't survive in, in the off season. Like bars isn't going to survive aluminum. Well, ho I mean, hopefully not, right. Hopefully we do pick up some better dudes unless these guys just completely, I, I can't, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can't help but think of like the Eagles last season. Like they were just completely shot for the first half of the season. They figured out who they were. They figured out what they were good at. They found some cohesion, and now they have the best. And then this season, they have the best record in football. Yeah, we I pushed their shit in last year. I, I can't help but think like that could be the Raiders. Could. That could be the Raiders because they found out they found that they found that formula that works mm -hmm. for them, and it's running the ball, dink and dunk, take your shots deep. Now it helps to get. And AJ Brown, yeah, to where you can throw the ball up, and he's one of the better contested ball receivers in the league. And I think now that he has someone who's able to take a lot of the intermediate pressure away, because uh, Jalen Hurts can do that himself, mm -hmm. uh, he's able to throw the ball deeper with a little bit more, you know, 
but a higher chance for 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 completion. And we have that we have that in Devonte Adams. We have that that deep ball threat. Um, so I mean, once we get some people back offensively, who knows? All right. Well, let's look ahead. Thursday night football at home, and by home I mean Los Angeles and the Rams. <clears throat> Raiders minus six, six point favorites against the defending Super Bowl champions. Now the Rams, they've lost six straight games. We talked about after the uh, the Broncos Raiders games. So these are you know clearly the two most disappointing teams this NFL season. Rams actually might be one one or two when it comes to just pure disappointment. Now they're the reasons why for them are far more obvious, just devastated with injuries. The injury bugs came with machete and just yeah. went to town on that locker room. Um, but this is potentially the worst season in NFL history for a defending Super Bowl champion. Currently on a six-game losing streak. They'd be taking if they had anything to tank for. Like all their draft picks are elsewhere. Yeah, otherwise they have none of their own shit. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise they'd be tanking. So you know they're they're coming to play. Get a load of this injury list. Matthew Stafford, IR. Cooper Cup, IR. Allen Robinson, IR. Two or three best offensive players right there. Five O-linemen on IR. Aaron Donald, unlikely to play Thursday. David Long and Ashawn Robinson, also a defensive tackle on IR. Just ravaged injury-wise. And short week. The last thing you want when you're super injured. There is no better time all season long to play the Rams than this week. It's beautiful. I mean... No one was crying for us when we had a bunch of people hurt. Nope. No one was crying for us when we lost our receiver and our coach and none of that. No, no, no one, no one gave us any sympathy. So go out there and just stomp their heads in. Yeah. Take that third string offensive lineman and kick him right in the tank. Uh, so the Raiders offense or uh, Rams offense, only 16.8 points per game, 29th in the league, 25th in passing yards per game and 31st in rushing yards per game. The Rams quarterback is going to be either John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, or Baker Mayfield. Probably Baker not Baker. He just got signed, Baker. right? He's not going to be a star. Maybe they'll have like a Baker package where he plays a couple, but. I doubt it. Wolford or Perkins. Wolford is fucking atrocious. He is god awful. Noodle for an arm. Perkins at least can run, which sometimes get, you know, running quarterbacks have given our defense troubles this season. That's really the only thing you can possibly worry about. The is thing that- with Perkins, though, is like out of the two, Wolford is the accurate one. Yeah. Perkins can run, but he's mm. not accurate. Wolford's accurate, but it goes at seven miles an hour. Yeah. He's, 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 he's just, like a, a pea shooter. It's just brutal. Like, I mean, who would you rather play, Wolford or Perkins? Uh, I'll play Wolford. Wolford. Get some picks. Oh, yeah. Because we, we can get a couple he, picks. We know where he's going to be. He's going to be in the pocket. Even Trevon Merrick would catch in like one of those a pass that looks like it's an underhand from a nine year old girl from Wolford. Even Merrick, Mister Dropsy. Will you shut up, man? Because you were talking so much shit earlier this year, and freaking uh, what's his face? Davis Mills threw for over three hundred yards, and I forgot who else threw for. What did I? What did I say? Yards. Andy I say? Dalton threw for a bunch of yards against. What did us. I say? If if Mills throw, if Mills beats us, then this is a sign of just how bad our defense is. And it was, it's, it proved like every single quarterback has their, like the, the game of their Slow season down, against man. us. Slow down. 
Slow down. Don't talk too much shit on this man. All right. He was thought to play him. What did I say about him that's incorrect? It's not about the correctness or the validity of your statement. It's just mm-hmm. just relax because we've done that before and it's it's bit so, okay. So those two guys are trash, even when everything's going well for them. They don't have their two wide receivers, Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. And this defensive line should be up the ass of whoever the quarterback is. Like this D line, it was a combination of things, right? Um, last week with Chargers having another decimated O line and Patrick Graham having one, you know, a really good blitzing scheme dialed up, right? Those things put together had him perform really well. They should perform just as well this week. They they really really should against this in, against inexperienced quarterbacks. And a decimated O line. It's been so bad. The Rams have rolled out a new offensive line combination every game, besides the opener in the second game. Like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough situation. But I mean, this is this is when the good teams fucking flex their muscles, and they 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 beat this team by more than two scores. Uh, so that's the Rams offense. The Rams defense, not much better, but it has its strength. Um, they're giving up 23.3 points per game. That's 22nd. Uh, passing defense, also 22nd. Rushing D is still good. Fourth. Still a, pretty good ru- still a pretty good rushing defense. That's because of Aaron Donald. It's a, it's a factor, a large one, right? You got the best defensive lineman in football. Here's, here, here's the issue. Player. Here's the issue with Aaron Donald, and it was kind of like the in in the inverse of Littleton. Aaron Donald commands so much attention, even in the run game, you get free run, you get free shots, and you just have to kind of like pick your poison because you're not going to single block Aaron Donald ever. You're never going to bl- single block him, so you're always going to have to double him or triple him sometimes to even get a hole open. Because uh, he's a, a, a certified game wrecker, sure. uh, and I, I, without Aaron Donald in that lineup, I believe their linebackers are going to get exposed for like Littleton got exposed because Littleton's not lighting the world on fire with Carolina. No, uh, you know, so a lot of it's Aaron Donald and how uh, it's almost like the whole um, uh, Max Crosby, Channel Jones thing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Chargers were like, okay, we're not going to let Max do shit. And he pretty he didn't do a lot. But Channel Jones did. So that's the same thing now. We're going to say, okay, well, now you don't have that guy taking up all that attention. Everyone else has to step up a little bit. I see us, I see us being able to run the ball a little bit better. Counterpoint. You'll never hear me say Aaron Donald isn't. I still, I think he's the best defender in football, period, any position. You'll, you'll never hear me knock him or his, his ability to change the game. However, I will say this. Without Aaron Donald last week against the Seahawks, the Seahawks still were only able to get 90 yards on the ground and only run one rush going over 10 yards without Aaron Donald. They still were able to keep the Seahawks rush pretty well contained. So again, they don't have Josh Jacobs, right? So I'm not, you know, we should do better than that. But the idea that like, all right, Josh Jacobs is going to do another 200 yard game. That'd be awesome. Certainly possible. If this O-line keeps finding the momentum that it has, but I'm not willing to say, like, okay, we can do whatever we want without Aaron Donald. I think this is a game 
where we lean on, the, and especially we, we don't know the um, the status of Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. They are eligible to return from IR. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they will, but we don't have anything concrete yet. We're recording this on Tuesday night. Um, but with Waller back, Renfro back, Devontae being Devontae, O-line's pass blocking getting so much better, and a terrible pass defense. This might be one of those games. It's like, all right, Josh. 12, 15 carries, rest that calf a little bit. We should be able to light these dudes up passing. Yeah, if we're if we're pretty far ahead, um, it could be one of those fourth quarters where we just see a lot of a lot of Amir. the backups, you know, a lot of yeah. Zamir. And also this, um, again, I'm just using last week as an example of the Seahawks. Geno Smith threw for 367 yards against the Rams on Sunday. A single game career high. Geno Smith lit up the Rams like a Christmas tree. I mean, that's making me think, okay, we should be able to pass. Like this Rams defense, while, you know, missing Aaron Donald, they still can't pass rush. They can still kind of bottle up the run decently. They can't pass rush. They can't defend the run. They can't defend the pass. No, sir. They have a talented player back there, but um, as far as a, a unit, they're they're struggling right now. Yeah, and so that leads up. I, I know who you're, I know what you're getting at. Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. That's my favorite matchup on this squad. There's no, there's nothing better. I'm look, more looking forward to than how Devontae Adams going against Jalen Ramsey. And if they go okay, Devontae and J, or Jalen, you've got Devontae one on one. You're going to cover him one on one. I love that. Go ahead, go ahead. Double up on Renfro. Double up on Waller. Load up the box for Jacobs. Leave Ramsey out there on the island with Adams. I will take Adams one-on-one with anybody. Anybody. National Football League. Anybody in the National Football League. Please do it. I dare you. Can't wait to see that happen. Uh, you ready to do some what up in Mex? You know it. Okay. Uh, I'm so looking forward to these what up Wimbags. Top three entertainment. Remember la- on our last live chat? Every single time there's a sex bot in our chat, you get all hot and bothered. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to this chick. It's like, all right, dude, it's a 70-year-old dude in the Philippines. First no, off, no, no. it's a sex bot, and it's not even a person. It's just like, oh, come look at our site. That's what I put up. Okay. Soto having an STD to start the show is awesome because it shows he shouldn't have trusted that girl from last week's show. <laughs> I shouldn't have trusted a lot of girls. That that statement could be a, 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 a very broad stroke with that statement. Hey, when it comes down to passing STDs one to the other, I'm more worried about the girl than I am you, Soto. Look, man, <laughs> STDs are like long division. If you have everything, you just cancel each other out. <laughs> Sounds very tight to me. Uh, next she one. Wasn't. Uh, Dominique Five. Did you guys see the hot blonde sitting next to Mark Davis? Sure did. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, luckily, Smoke I did some show. sleuthing. Or creeping, whatever. Or creeping, however you want to put it. Uh, we found out who it is. It's you know this girl right here. You're just saying you can't if you can't see in the podcast, uh, just on the YouTube, smoking hot blonde just in geez. the owner's box, <laughs> sitting right next to Mark Davis. Now Mark Davis, I didn't even, I, I didn't notice this till now. Mark Davis is sitting in the corner. He always sits in the corner of the owner's box. So there isn't like, you know, a, a guest he's entertaining on one side, a date on another side, right? Like. He's there to watch the game, bro. He's not here to he's there to watch the game, right? He's not he's not entertaining clients. Like he's not doing business. He's not Jerry Jones up there. Like he's there to watch a game. 
Look at that mock turtle like, like a fucking G. So he's in the corner, and it's just him and a hot blonde. Beautiful looking blonde. Yeah. We found out who she is. Her name, and it's even better than you think. Oh, God. It's geez. not even just like, oh, some Instagram model, some like, you know, some cocktail server at the wind that he picked up. Oh, no. She's a Cirque du Soleil performer. Oh, God. Her name is Hayden Hopkins. And oh, yes. God, that just sounds sexy. I found her Instagram. Fucking Hayden hell. Hawkins. Cirque du Soleil. Bendy. This girl is a professional contortionist. God, he knows how to pick them. He is not fucking around. Look at that. Look at that chassis. That is both for form and function. That body. Listen, man. I usually like my chicks a little fuller than that. But just the fact that she can contort into damn near anything. She looks like a mermaid. So what you're saying is you would, Soto. Normally you wouldn't, but you'll make an exception for this girl. She's not normally the chick I would go for, but yeah, she's she's pretty hot, man. Look at that. Look at that body. She could probably do 10,000 sit-ups on my dick. Wait, shut up, Soto. Hey, you oh, are man. a sometimes happily married man, RJ. You need to relax. That's why all I get to do is just look and enjoy. Uh, so a fan asked her on social media, um, like, hey, you and Mark Davis, what's going on? She goes, ha ha, Mark Davis is a legend. He's my neighbor slash friend. Fun game. That's a good friend to have. Did Mark hit it? Mark hit it and then didn't babysit it. He's like, all right, you got to go. <laughs> you got to bounce. Like, it's time for just bring this. Your 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 cab fares on the on the dresser. That's how old school he is. Giving cab fare. Come on, to a Cirque du Soleil performer? No oh, yeah. way. Even across the street, have Jeeves drive you wherever you need to go. She has two hundred and thirteen thousand Instagram followers. I'm sure she does. <laughs> She's down 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 her throat. Freaking Mark Davis gave her two hundred thirteen thousand followers down her throat. All right, last one. Um, here's two, but this was like. They're basically repeating what I saw like 20 times in our comment section. Mm -hmm. uh, Melton said, and yet Herbert is talked about in such a higher standard than Carr since entering the league. Shake my damn head. Sean says, it's funny to hear you guys refer to Captain Checkdown Justin Herbert as special. And then next breath, refer to Derek Carr as average. Guys, I would love to hate Justin Herbert. Oh, I do. And I enjoy it. Let's be honest here. He's going to be a problem for the Raiders for the next 10 years. Justin Herbert's the truth. Hopefully, Brandon Staley ruins him to the point where he won't be great. But Herbert's a special quarterback. Yeah, for the majority of the season, he he didn't have his top two receivers. Mm. Uh, he he's he's really good. Now, I I'm not so much of a slave to stats because there is a lot of. Uh, Different things that go and come into play here. Just, yeah. just the just the talent of the player. Um, just put on the fourth quarter of last year's game. Even though we didn't, he, they didn't win. You see, the talent is there. I still feel like I said last year, gamer. I, I I think that Herbert is a more talented quarterback, but I think Carr plays the position of quarterback better. So here's here's what I thought though, because you know I, Herbert's better than Carr. Sorry, but. How big's the gap, right? Like, is it? Is it? Are, are, you still, are we still talking to Hayden Hopkins or what? 
We saw how big that gap is. But how big is the talent gap or skill gap or production gap or quarterback gap or whatever metric you want to use gap? Like how big of a difference is it between Justin Herbert and Derek Carr? Because I used to think, okay, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's, they got a way better. And I'm like, maybe it's not as far apart as we initially thought. Again, let's not be slaves to stats. Let's just take a look. Passing yards. Herbert's fourth. Carr is eighth. Um, He's got about uh, not quite 400 more yards than Derek Carr, but he does have almost 100 more attempts. So Derek Carr averages 7.2 yards per attempt. Justin Herbert, 6.6 advantage Carr. Completion percentage. uh, Herbert, 66.7. Derek Carr, 62.3. Pretty, that's it. When you get into those numbers, 4%, nothing to sneeze at. Advantage. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a decent amount difference. Advantage Herbert. Um, touchdowns, same. 20 for 20. Again, though, on 100 more attempts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so same, but advantage car because it's much less attempts. Interceptions, advantage Herbert. Seven interceptions to Derek Carr's eight. Again, 100 more attempts and w- still one less interception than Derek Carr, even though I love that. That number, Derek Carr, at this point in the season. I like that eight right now. That, 20, that 20 to eight, oh, that is sexual. <laughs> that is beautiful. Uh, quarterback rating, almost basically identical. 92.3, 92.1, you know, minuscule difference. Um, so, yeah, advantage Herbert, metrics-wise, stats-wise, but pretty close. Not that big of, not that huge of a difference between these two quarterbacks, stats-wise. Yeah. Here's the difference that I see. And it, it's in the flow of the game. It's in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we've seen Derek Carr have to do what Herbert has to do every year with no real run game to speak of and have to throw that much and still win games consistently. And that's where the specialness comes into play. Not many quarterbacks can be this pass heavy in an offense and still win consistently. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr, we've seen he does. He's he's not like a unique little snowflake when it comes to this. Most quarterbacks do need a running game to help their passing game. Herbert has shown that he doesn't really need that. Again, I don't know. I don't necessarily think the gap is that big as far as how they played. I think partially part of that is because the system that they're in. I think if uh, if uh, Herbert had a better running game, it would free things a lot, a lot up a lot easier for him. 100%. Yeah. But um He's still putting up those types of numbers, even though he has to be a bigger part of the offense. And he had, you know, his best two, his best receiver out most of the year, and his second receiver out some of that time as well. So he is. In, he is in fairness, the car cars had his second and third best pass catcher out for bulks of the season too. So it's not a not drastic. He's also had the best receiver in the league there. You know, I get what you're saying. Her- but Herbert does have way more depth. At, at, at his pass catchers than Derek Carr does. He does. Um, but again, yeah, you'll never hear me say Devontae Adams doesn't drastically change any, everything for a quarterback, clearly. But it's not, again, again, pretty close, right? His his injury to pass catchers are injury to pass catchers, not night and day. Pretty close. So that, that was that was an eye-opener for me. Like, when I stopped to, like, really think about it, it's like, I, I always just kind of brush it off. Like, yeah, whatever, Herbert's better. Fuck him, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Not that big of a difference. Not that crazy. Will Herbert get his first big uh, contract this offseason or the next? I keep forgetting. 
this is his fourth year or this is his third year. Third full third full year. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, right? No, because yeah. him and Burrow came in the same year, right? The same yeah, class. last year was their second year. So it's the yeah. third year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this is his third. So he might get his big contract this offseason. I would do it as soon as possible if I was a fucking right? Chargers, dude. Yeah. Um, especially if they like don't make the playoffs and it kind of doesn't like work out well, you know, like that's your chance to go. But um, we might see like if Herbert gets some insane, like he's gonna get an insane contract. It's gonna be dude, him and freaking nuts. Lamar's gonna get one and Burrow, Lamar, Burrow. and Herbert are gonna completely all like everyone's like, oh yeah, Derek Carr's his new contract makes him like the seventh highest paid quarterback. Like by next season, he won't even be top ten with all these all these dudes that are gonna completely break the quarterback you know, contract metric. It might be next seat. Cause obviously on a working contract, he's so valuable, right? I bet you by next season, Herbert's cap hit to cars, cap hit car will be more valuable than Herbert. I think Herbert will still be better, but when you look at, you know, he's getting paid 30% more, 40% more than car. Is he 30 to 40% better production than car? I don't know. I think it'll be pretty. I think, I think Carl, I think Carl will win that. The real the real test is going to be when you get a really good offensive mind to help him create an offense that just isn't here you go Justin Herbert throw the ball around the field. Uh if Here's 50 forbid, attempts, save us. God forbid if fucking if Sean Payton is the coach Don't even next say year. It. Oh god. Don't it's going to be brutal, man. I hope Brandon Staley st- sticks around long enough that Sean Payton gets a job before the Chargers job. I almost hope the Chargers make the playoffs this season just to save Staley and keep Payton away from Los Angeles and Justin Herbert. I think Staley's gone no matter what. I think they see the writing on the wall there in in, uh, in L.A. Should we be rooting for Chargers to make the playoffs? Should we be honestly, rooting for that? Just on, to keep honestly, honestly, I don't, I, I don't fucking... You, you think they're not going to freaking deal with Sean Payton before they fire fucking Staley? You don't think they're not going to do that? Of course they're going to do that. But so is everybody, though. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's going to want Sean Payton. That's Every what I'm saying. single owner GM's looking for they're him. They're him first. They're going to sec- – I get it, but what I'm saying is they're going to secure him first, and then they're going to wave bye-bye, and then they're going to do the whole sham of freaking uh, – to, to, to uh, fulfill the Rooney role, and then they're going to hire Sean Payton. Not if they go to the playoffs. I I think even so. Really? You think if they go to the playoffs, they'll still fire Staley? Well, what do I know? What do I know? Yeah. Yeah. If they can get Sean Payton yeah. for sure. I need, I need him around. I want him around for the next 20 years, but uh, I would love him to be around for a long time. All I want, all I want is going to be around long enough for Sean Payton to find another job because that's going to be such an appealing gig. Live in Los Angeles, <laughs> Justin Herbert, talent everywhere. And especially a team that's like so underperformed their talent level. It's a top five roster. When the Chargers are healthy, it's a top five, maybe top three roster in the NFL. And you're looking at that as a coach and you're like, wow, this team is so underperforming their talent. What if they had a good coach? And Sean Payton's going to be drooling over that. For sure. So Yeah, scary. All right. Well, uh, that's it for us. Again, uh, recording one day early because Thursday night game. Um, I'll be in Las Vegas for Raiders Rams. So we'll still do a live show, but I'll be at my esteemed five-star suite at the New York, New York recording there. 
and I'll have to watch it at a bar because I'm in Vegas, so it might be a little, little, little warm, a little roasty. Go to the piano okay. bar. Oh, me closer, turn it No, it's a trash bar by That's where my people are. That's how I roll, so I don't. Perfect. But until then, knock on wood if you're with me.